Welcome to Critically Drinking. I'm Erin Burrell, and I'm your host. With me today on the podcast is Lucy O'Connor. You might also know her on the internet as Monday Hustle. Now, she's been documenting her journey for just about a year now on how she quit her day job and wanted to follow her dreams. And she's absolutely fantastic. She provides insight on everything from motivation to money and talks a lot about how the process is half of the effort. Now, I'm a leadership scholar, as some of you might know, and I spend a lot of time reading and studying the topic of leadership. And this brings me to an amazing author called John Maxwell, who in his book, The 21 Laws of Leadership, speaks to the concept of process. And if you're not investing in the process, you're never going to get there. Some people may be lucky, they may have miracles, but often the only way to become great at something is to invest in the process. And that's exactly what she's doing. Now, before we go forward, I have a confession to make. There's been a gap in recordings and part of it is about this episode. There's a lot of sound issues in the background going on in this episode. We were in quite a noisy cafe and that caused me to have to learn more about audio editing in order to make it a better listening experience for you. However, it also gave me a huge excuse of why not to do something. So instead of jumping right in the way I have with most of the things in this podcast and learning how to do it and solving the problem, I sort of avoided it and I blamed it on being too busy. The truth is, it's not that we're ever too busy, it's that we prioritize things differently. So here we go. Episode 22. You'll never regret having done it. With me today is Lucy O'Connor, but you may know her on the interwebs as Monday Hustle. Lucy's done some really interesting things, and she's made kind of a bold choice to throw away the secure life and actually just hustle for the things she wants. She's working really hard on her work as a presenter, and she wants to share her story with the world and inspire a lot of people. The thing that I found really interesting when I first discovered her story was the fact that she's not there yet. And I think this is a really important part of all of our lives is that the hustle is 90% of it. And all of a sudden we'll get to look back in hindsight and discover that we're there. So much of it is the time before that. So welcome Lucy to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. One of the things that you're really getting to be known for in your Monday Hustle blogs and in your Instagram posts is being a little bit more vulnerable. Totally. Yeah. Which is super scary. It is super scary and it's not something that I've always been. In fact, I actually resisted being vulnerable for a really long time. It wasn't until I was shortlisted for a dream job, or what I predicted as my dream job, presenting on a children's TV show. And part of that process was to get in front of you, which of course you had to kind of, you had to put that out there when it to come through. And I almost didn't go through with it. So I was like, I don't want this to happen. I don't, I don't want to post something on my Facebook page and get in front me. Like, I'm going to get so much embarrassment from this if I don't get it and you know people don't don't get into it. Came to the conclusion that yes, I was gonna do this because it was my dream. So I 
kind of put my fears aside and did it and it was awesome and I didn't get the job. Before that, it was kind of like my biggest fear was rejection and having everyone know about it and I guess I was the kind of person that always wanted to wake up and have my shit sorted. Like I wanted it done. I wanted everyone to be like, wow, she's so amazing. How did she do that? I wanted to be that person and so realizing that cannot be like that was a big turning point and yeah I didn't get the job and I realized it wasn't so bad life goes on people were supportive oh yeah now I try and be as real as possible because I feel like people gain so much more from the vulnerable real stuff because we're just bombarded with so much false information all the time how we should look what we should eat all of that it's like well no that's not my day-to-day so I decided to tell you are documenting your journey, including the scary parts, the being nervous about your bank account, life is going to explode at any moment. What do you think, in hindsight, back to that sort of that first day, that decision to blow it up, like that professional life on fire and start again, what do you think about now? You mean when I, when I decided to quit the job and actually start to document it? Yeah. Again, was absolutely paralyzed with fear about it, because I knew that now I wasn't just asking people to you know, click a button and vote for me. I was asking them to consume my content, which is terrifying. I, I actually did a whole bunch of things before the blog that I didn't even promote. I had a really cool presenting job with Toyota and a show called Arthur's Home. I wrote a bunch of reviews for theatre and I never ever put it out there. I always did it and thought this is going to be really good on my CV, it's good to kind of do this stuff, but I never promoted myself. So that was absolutely terrifying. I knew with the industry that I wanted to get into that it was really important to have something that keeps you accountable and something that keeps you motivated and something that kind of gets, you know, gets your stuff out there. It was mortifying. And so I resigned from my job and I thought, I'd had this blog in mind for a while. And I thought, well, this is it. This is not it. This is what's happening. And I sat there for about three weeks putting this website together. I had no idea how to do it before. And I kind of got it to a point that I liked. And all of a sudden, I was writing my first blog post. And all of a sudden, I was posting that on Facebook. And all of a sudden, I was sharing it on my own personal page. And I created this Monday Hustle page. And it just all, I kind of just blacked out and did it. I was like, this has to happen. Just do it. Just get over yourself. Ever since then, it's been like, not easier. It's still really hard to put vulnerable stuff out there. Sometimes I read it back and I'm like, what? It's so vlog. But I just like know that was what I'm feeling. And I know that it's really important to hear the bad stuff as well for someone that's possibly thinking about doing what I've done. You, you mentioned accountability and you've promised the internet a weekly blog post. You've promised the internet this personality out in the world and giving them updates on your struggle yes. and your hustle. Totally. And now that's part of what makes you hustle. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's kind of come full circle. And it is, I mean, it's great to share the good stuff, but I think there's more hard stuff than there's good stuff a lot of the time. I found that when the good stuff happens, it happens like that in a month. It'll be this incredible, incredible month. It'll be this big love where you go through and you're Christian. That's really hard. And I, I still struggle because I want to put out the positive stuff. I really want things to be going well. And to be like, yes, this is possible, this is happening. I guess with that notion of time, you know, it's been nine months and four days since I quit my job, since I had my last day. Yeah, the notion of time is a scary thing. Even though in the scheme of life it's really short, the fact that I haven't had traditional employment for that long freaks me out. And I had a massive freak out actually the other day and wrote a post about it. And everyone was like, yeah, it's scary, but you're fine. (laughs) 
Well, and what's the worst that happens? You go back to having a day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a long time away. As in, you know, I want to resist that for as long as possible, and it's completely necessary. But, you know, I'm, I might be part of it, because like, I could be working in a cafe in months time. It's totally possible. I literally have no idea what's going to happen. Well, and as you watch your savings deteriorate, <laughs> oh my goodness. it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. Money is money. It comes and goes. It's never a secure thing in itself. Insofar as possible, I try to not stress about money because it is material. It's essential to live. But beyond that, I mean, you know, as long as you've got a roof and over here, food, there's literally nothing else. One of the things that I've heard you mention is the fact that you're not necessarily living quite as flash a life as you were when you were fully employed. Definitely. However, you're more satisfied. I am so much more satisfied and I'm actually surprisingly far more relaxed about money because it's something that's so out of my control right now. There's nothing that's regular. I've learned to kind of step back from it and just take it as it comes and be grateful for it and to treat it with respect but at the same time to not worry about it. And I think that's a really important life lesson because, I mean, sometimes of course I get overwhelmed with it but I'm learning to just focus on what is important and what I am going for and the money will always be secondary to that. Do you think that could, will ever turn the corner for you or money will stay secondary regardless of the success that you experience? I really hope it always stays secondary because I think the moment you focus on money, especially with something like this, people always say to me, are you monetizing your blog? I'm going, no, because that was never a priority, you know, that was never why I started. And so I think as soon as you focus on money as the end result, it warps the passion, it warps everything that you're doing it for. If you dig deep into the, well, the bowels of your blog, you'll find what it is that you're working for. Because mm-hmm. you sort of you talk a lot about the hustle in your posts, but you don't talk so much about what you're working for. Yeah. And you're working really hard to get presenting work and yeah. MC work and speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Why is that the thing that you're madly in love with? I'm a people person, as I would say on my CV. I just really get a buzz of inspiring people. That's it. I love to motivate. I love to make people feel good. I love to make people feel empowered. And I realized that that was my thing. The presenting stuff is going to be great. I think that's going to give me an awesome platform. But it's always going to be about, you know, giving back to everyone else and what you I can from the hopeful successes that I have. So, um, yeah, that's the end goal. It's, it's the inspiring stuff. But you haven't been in abundant failure. You're getting work. Yeah. You're doing things. That's the awesome thing. It must have been only three months after I quit my job that I got my first presenting gig. Like, that's a pretty good turn. That's a pretty fast turnaround. And it was awesome. Yeah. Since then, I've had a couple of commercials and a few MC jobs. And so things are happening. But it's amazing when it's not consistent, you know, every day, nine to five. It's amazing how you get about those one-off awesome jobs so quickly because they are over pretty quick and so obviously the majority of the time is spent hustling it's spent like day in day out wondering where I should go next who I should talk to what I could be doing what I should be doing there's a lot of mystery but in this mystery you've become much more open-minded to new random occurrences new connections totally yeah it's been very flattering I always say this because I never expected this as a byproduct and just so many strangers have got in touch and even if it's just to say I love what you're doing keep going you know I'm rooting for you or something to that effect and I'm like what this is crazy I need it yeah it's been extremely rewarding so now as you keep pushing mm-hmm. you know you sort of mentioned you're nine months out nine months in maybe I guess <laughs> depending on how you put it yeah 
but this is sort of like nine months into your forever. Absolutely. Like I said, like I really hope that this is it, that this is going to be the defining point. I think it's really cool that I have that documented as well. I, I, as you said before, I feel like this is the part that's missing for a lot of people. A lot of people obviously want to do what they want to do. They really, really want that desperately, but they're lacking the information and the realities that come with it, that come with taking a chance on it and trying to push to make it happen. And so I'm, I'm kind of trying to make out that it's not as scary, that it's human, that we're going to have lots of these emotions regardless, but that in the end, you'll never regret having done it. But we all have our moments where we curl up under our desks and hide. Exactly. No matter what situation, like even if you think you've got it made, there are probably still days where you're like, what the hell am I doing? So uh, yeah, it's life. It's life. And I, we shouldn't be ashamed of the bad stuff and the hard stuff because it might seem trivial and you might think, oh, no one cares, no one gets it, you know, I'm just going to get over myself. But, but people get it. It's the stuff that really resonates and that more people need to hear and be open-minded too. Because you can't just post along expecting life to be easy all the time. That's not real. But in the age of the internet where people take 400 shots in order to post one, when people heavily edit and filter themselves, putting real is almost... Uh, a bit of a unicorn on the internet. Oh, I like that. A bit rebellious, maybe. Like, it's, it's certainly not the status quo to talk about struggle. We talk about the six-pack apps. We don't talk about the dietary requirements and the 60 million hours in the gym that it took us to get there. That's true. That's true. And I think for a while, people misunderstood that. They thought the internet was real and really accessible and really, you know, find whatever you're looking for. There's a lot of manufacturing, and sometimes... I feel like I should do more to be more real because I'm quite aware of that fact. And because people tell me that I'm, that I'm real and I'm raw, again, I didn't think I was being that real or that raw when I first started this blog. I felt like I was really cautious about what I put out there, what I should be thinking about everyone, whether or not they, it's possible for everyone to have a similar situation to me, whether it's possible for everyone to be able to drop everything and chase the dream. Like I was thinking... Know, what kind of privileged position am I coming from to be able to do this? So I felt incredibly, incredibly fortunate, and then of course that tall poppy syndrome kicked in, and I was going, "Well, you know, what's gonna, what kind of repercussions is this gonna have?" I guess I just thought, you know, if I can inspire people and show them a different way and a possibility, then I'll be doing my best. So now, to people who aren't familiar, and I know a lot of my North American listeners would be unfamiliar with the top poppy syndrome. Uh, it's a really common Kiwi expression of the humility that Kiwis like to kind of be very proud of. Uh, they are not boastful. They are humble and you just go about your work and you do your thing and you do it quietly and sweat it out and toil alone. And then when you succeed, you continue to keep your head down and sweat it out and toil alone. So when somebody is boastful or is proud of an accomplishment, it's often looked at with, I'm going to call it a detrimental glare. Oh, that's very, very apt, I think. I think the tables turn as soon as that happens. And that's what part of, I love America because everyone is so proud of themselves. I thought that was so cool when I went to the States. I was like, yes, this is what it should be like. So, um, yeah, tall poppy syndrome. It is kind of, you know, people are becoming more aware of it, but I think it's still really, really prominent. Really prominent. It, it's a huge culture shock that I found when I got here because you just don't see people boast of an achievement. You just don't. Yeah. And if you do boast of your own achievement, it's sort of taken with 
Yeah. How, how yucky is that? It's um, like humility, of course. And yeah, humility is important. And remaining humble and remaining true to what you want to do and the reasons you want to do it. That's all so important. But it shouldn't cut you off at the legs. It shouldn't you know, say where you from, where you want to go and what you want to do. And you shouldn't be embarrassed to say like that you want to inspire people in the day. Like that's what I that's what I want to do. I'm even like getting red thinking like saying that out loud right now. I feel really stressed out. But having goals is a very key thing to do. Working hard, mm-hmm. sweating it out. Yeah. So I don't think anybody would ever any New Zealander would ever hold it against you to say, I'm busting my ass to do something I believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sort of just hold it against you for I'm busting my ass. And look at what I did. Yeah, and I'm talking about it. I did the thing yeah. is a really not Kiwi thing to do. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, crazy. You wait for it to come up and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll talk about it. Yeah. But um, I failed 900 times getting to do the thing. Totally. And that's another thing that I'm finding. I'm, um, I'm doing a few interviews and they're awesome. And I'm talking to so many people. But I still find that people find it really difficult to talk about the hard stuff. You know, that's a question I always ask, like, what did you find most difficult on this trip? And you know there isn't that. Like, there's always dark times no matter what you're doing. And people are like, oh, you know, I was really lucky. I, I had really supportive friends and family. And, you know, there was nothing really that hard about it. And I'm like, this is part of the problem. There's definitely hard stuff. And it's not really okay to talk about that stuff. And you should. We don't like to hear about, you know, well, but this is, I mean, it's one of the things that I face in a lot of the work I do as a mentor is that people are looking for the shortcut. They're looking for the easy button. Oh, yeah. And most of it's not easy. It's sweat. Most of it is ugly and dirty and gritty and sweaty. And it, that shit's real. It's real. It is absolutely genuine. But I keep meeting these people who have only seen the, the interneted version mm-hmm. of hard work and you just see... Oh, I woke up one day and I was successful. Actually, no. Most people aren't successful on their first try at anything. Most people are sucking a whole lot and then sucking a little bit less tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you totally nailed it. And I'm a living example of that. Like, I can go from really happy and really excited, really motivated, and just so creative and so passionate and so excited to, like, what the fuck am I doing? And literally a night's sleep. It's, it's crazy the kind of ups and downs you experience with this. But at the end of the day, like the most important thing to me is I'm learning so much about who I am and what I'm capable of. And I'm creating this awesome like internal resilience system because I'm having to be my own best friend because I'm the one going through it. I don't have anyone that's experienced something, that's experiencing something similar in the way that I am right now. At least, you know, that hustling for the same things, having the same experiences, pushing, you know, trying to meet the same people. So it is quite a lonely place sometimes. But I know that, you know, one day. But internal resilience. This yeah. is a magical concept. Oh, that amazing. you're making yourself more durable. That you're making yourself more immune to the hurt of rejection or totally. failure. Yep. And, and motivated to find so the success. so much rejection. There's always rejection. And Whatever you do. Yeah, it's really nice to be able to not be paralyzed by it and take your learnings and move forward. You know, I was saying to you, I went for a commercial job the other week and I didn't get it. And I'm totally fine with that because the audition in itself is an experience and you learn something about, you know, 
how you present yourself, what you can better every time. And it, it's out of your control, the outcome. What you can control is, it's, it's already been gone. So you may as well just move on and get on with it and be resilient. What I'm trying to make is, I used to pin all my hopes on something. So when that presenting job came up, I was like, yes, this is it. This is going to be the thing that propels me to success. This is it. And I projected my future with that one thing in mind for so long. The process was like six weeks or something ridiculous. It was huge. And I didn't get it. And all of my projected future came crashing down around me. And resilience was low. I called my mom, you know. I didn't really say anything, so I was crying. And that was, I was bringing tears when I was thinking about it. Oh, so bad. And I kind of realized at that moment that you just have to embrace the opportunities that are in front of you. And that's not always an outcome. That is sometimes part of the process that's never going to be completely fulfilled. So with auditions and with meetings and with you know, pitches or whatever it is, you never know the outcome. You only control that one thing. By planning for that and then leaving it behind and you know, being open to whatever opportunity comes up after that, whether it's the one you expected or not, is a really important lesson to open as well. Well, and I mean, you can look at that sort of, that hockey stick of success, right? Your one thing, your all your hopes and dreams are, you know, waiting for this one elevator mm. to your success. The reality is success is a staircase. Absolutely. And those lessons are, are important, yeah. but you got up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, five centimeters higher than you were yesterday. Totally. Actually, I was doing an interview the other day, and I said to this guy, you know, what was your moment of success? When did it all fall into place? And he said, well... It's still falling into place. He so said there was never a moment. It was always a process. It was always a slow progress to where I am now. And I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I was just like, oh, cool. So there was never a one point that you can go back to and pinpoint. You know, it's that whole journey. It's the journey. You never know where it's going to end. To be quite philosophical, this is the magic of life lessons, right? Absolutely. Of hindsight being twenty twenty and reflecting on those moments. But in what you do an audition or a presentation gig or any of those things, you know, you're pinning work, mm-hmm. livelihood, food and shelter on seven minutes. Totally. On a good day, bad day. Like, we, if we were to start slicing our world into, was it my best seven minutes, we would become dizzy with the Absolutely. fear and nausea of how many times a day we have bad seven-minute intervals. Oh, my gosh. You, know, you might get one or two good ones a day. Yeah. With all of the other bad ones that add up. There's plenty more bad ones where the good ones come from. Hence the resilience. (laughs) (laughs) As you say, taken on this adventure. Adventure, yes, that's very apt. You have probably spent a lot of time dealing with emotions that you weren't faced with Mm -hmm. when you were following the path that everybody is appropriately supposed to follow. Yeah. So many things. I just you know, I always say I've learned so much about myself in the last nine months that I've never known before. And I don't know whether that would happen if I was still in the same position. I doubt it. It's been a crazy learning process. Whether that's about how I work personally, because I actually struggle with, you know, getting motivated a lot of the time to do anything. Some days I wake up on a Monday, don't listen to Monday House readers, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to write today? Like, I have nothing. I literally have nothing. Then I realized I'm really bad at planning it, <laughs> that I should get better at sketching things. And I also realized that, you know, it's not always easy to have a creative output. And so through that, I've learned to not be as hard on myself about that stuff, because it's not really 
must be always be motivated, always be creative. So there are days where I sit at home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to throw on a couch and eat chips and that. Literally, that's all I do. And then I'm like, oh, I'm such a failure. Everyone needs those days. Whatever you're doing. I'm pretty sure enough of us have faced a Monday where we'd like to sit on the couch and eat chips and oh, watch some Netflix. Yes, definitely. I don't, I don't think you're all that special <laughs> in, in that lack of motivation. And in creative places, blockage is normal. Mm-hmm. It's There's thousands of books written on writer's blog yeah. to tell you that thousands of writers have kind of tread down this path before. Yeah. And then it's okay. We all have sucky days. We all have sucky days. It's a fact of life. Yes. Yes. That's true. <laughs> I'm very passionate about psychedelics. And that's another thing, like, through being vulnerable and open, I've learned to embrace, embrace the shit, basically. And that's, you know, we always try and cover it up and you glance over it and you kind of feel like you're on the front when you're not feeling so good. And it's important to actually be open about it and live the process because it's over a lot faster if you just embrace it. You know, let yourself get shit for a while. Just let it happen. Just think it out. Just be pathetic. Just complain. It's fine. Because it'll be over a hell of a lot faster than if you suppress it. And possibly less catastrophic. And, and time will pass. And time will pass. Yes. So we can make a decision what to do with that time. But no yes. matter what, we have no control over the clock ticking. I think you always have to acknowledge emotions as they come up. You always have to kind of acknowledge how you're feeling. It's that whole, you know, living in the now thing. Because... We are human, and as I keep saying, it's not human possible to be up all the time, positive all the time. And you just have to embrace every emotion that arises because it's organic and it's within you. And you can step away and rationalize that if you're acknowledging it. But if you're shielding yourself from it, that's when it gets a little bit messy. And it might turn into something else, and you might take that out on someone else. And it might just turn into this big thing that was literally about whether or not you were hungry 10 minutes ago. And so you have to like, just really be aware of your emotions and live through them and learn something from your situation. When you're learning new lessons and you're accepting things, yes. how much more are you starting to like yourself? So much more. So much more. I, was ne- I never used to like myself. I used to be one of those you know, people pleasers and I would do everything to the point where people started to not like me because I was so trying to make everybody happy and you know, spend my whole day stressing about why someone didn't like me and what I could do to make one. And now that I'm in this process and I'm kind of in a position where I have to be my own best friend, like I was saying before, and I'm forgiving and I kind of have just embraced who I am. It's, it is that vulnerable thing because I had to learn to just put it out there, let it go, get over myself and deal with it, move forward. And in, in learning that, I just am really happy and content with who I am and where I want to go. And it's, that's been the best thing to have learned. Because there's no going back to that. Now, when you look back to that person who was so afraid about mm. making the first decision to quit, right? Because that didn't happen overnight. Ooh, that took no, a long didn't. time to well, make it, that It almost that did, actually. So, <laughs> I had been in the job for about a year. And I received a promotion of sorts. And... I was kind of taken back by it, and I said to my boss, I'm going to take the weekend to think about it, and my boss then went, oh, like, this is a really good opportunity, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, like, I understand that, but I'm going to just take the weekend, and I'll let you know on Monday, so I went, into the, went away for the weekend, thought about it, and I realized that, hell no, 
like it's now or never. This is the moment. This is the defining point. I had to take this and do this for six months and still wonder what the hell might have happened between then and now and then. Um, or I cut my losses. That's what happens. And I kind of had this like elation build inside me when I realized that I was going to resign on Monday. I was like, oh my god, I need to make a movie out of this. This is crazy. So I went in on Monday and I said to my boss. I'm not going to take the promotion, thank you so much, but I'm not going to take it, and um, it's my letter of resignation, and I just will never forget the feeling of doing that, I just felt like such a rebel, I was like, yes, and then, and like, for the rest of the day, I just lived this high, of like, wow, and then, of course, I felt really shit about it, and I was like, what the hell have I done, what am I going to do, where's the money getting up, blah, 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 all of that came, but I committed to it, so, yeah. That was about embracing the now, embracing how this feeling, and just acting on something that you know is right, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, our gut instinct, our intuition, you know, our third eye, whatever you want to call our our self, yeah. our conscience, is smarter than we are in most cases. I think so. When something doesn't feel right, it doesn't taste right, we fight it a lot of times because we're supposed to, exactly. right? The right thing to do is to accept the promotion and take it great and be pleased with your progression but the thing that feels right yeah it's gonna add more satisfaction yes exactly and it's always you know what other people think that paralyzes you from doing what you want to do now the thing that's really kind of amazing is that there's once in a while on the podcast I feel like I wish I had video because you can see this difference in Lucy's body language her personality when she starts to talk about that victory gets so much bigger, it's so much broader, it's so much more excited and dynamic. And you sort of parallel that to our lives, and we start to think about our cubicle worlds, and we think about how small we get in that small space, and how much bigger the planet is. And those victories, they do make us bigger. They make us more open and more excited and more full of zing, more magnetic. Yeah, totally. It is. It is. And that's electric. It's a feeling that's kind of addictive. So now, instead of looking for the bad, I always search for this feeling. And, you know, I when I wrote a post, I think it was even last week, I was not feeling it. I was in a rut. It had been pretty much nine months, and I was like, shit, I'm going nowhere. Nothing's coming through. I thought this year was going to be epic, and it's been, you know, like, nothing's been moving. Clubs haven't been turning. And, um, and I wrote about it. And... Yeah, and then what I did is I went back and I read all of my blog posts. I forced myself to sit there and I read all of them. There's 54 of them. And I just kind of got that fresh memory of what it was like to feel like a rebel and to have had this journey so far. And I got to read about all my little successes and remember the feeling of that. And that's what kind of got me back on top. So I think like it's good to have, it's good to have a record of those little victories. Like I've got a really good friend who always says to me whenever I've been having an awesome life experience, oh, write it, write it down, write it down. She keeps a diary about anything that's particularly bad and particularly good, which I think is a really awesome way to be. Well, I mean, I think that's the, the Oprah Gratitude Journal logic. Yeah, yes, totally. And I think it really works. It really works. Because it's so easy to forget the good stuff when you're feeling like shit. It's so, you always bounce over it and you downplay it and, you know, it's actually awesome. You have to remember those little victories, like you said. I like that. Those victories. Victory moments. But you effectively just binge read. 
Yeah. Your last nine months. Yeah. It was crazy. I haven't done that since I started this vlog. And I watched all my stupid videos and I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is fun. can't believe that I've done that. It so, almost didn't feel like me. So what are you going to do differently because of this because snapshot of, of your yesterday? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I think, I have no idea. I just am really appreciating the fact that it's there in a way that I can remember so candidly because you know I often wake up on Monday and write the blog post and I publish it the same day it's never prepared earlier it's always on the day which is really cool because I'm forced to you know spend a couple of hours writing and it has to be off the cuff and it has to be you know my thoughts and it has to be my emotions on the day and it's really cool to, to have that recorded I don't know it, it, it does make me it does doesn't it doesn't make me a different person it does make me a different person in the sense that I was never like that before. I never wanted to put anything out there apart from positivity and fun and energy. And I never wanted to, you know, I always wanted all to be polite and make them happy. And now I guess I'm kind of more gracious with, with who I am and what I'm feeling. And like I say, you just got to embrace, embrace where you're at, embrace the time while maintaining a level of kind of, you know, resilience and motivation and know that it's going to come back. So being kind to yourself. Oh, yes. It's, it's all about being gracious to yourself. It's, um, yeah, it's allowing yourself to, to be human. Which is because I feel like we're always taught to be perfect. You know, everything is telling us to be different. Eat better, look better, do better, be better, make more money. It's like, no, you can't do that all the time. Well, I mean... Regardless of how much we climb a hill, we still stumble. Absolutely. So yes, I, I eat better most of the time, and then sometimes all I want to do is eat a cream-filled donut yeah. oh in my, my pajamas yes. on the couch, and that's okay. And it's like the whole celebrity the whole celebrity thing. You know, we see these people as perfect, and they're built up, and they are always seen as a success. And then we get shocked when they come out and they say, "Oh, I've got a depression for five years," because they didn't, you know. They didn't want, they didn't feel like they could talk about that stuff at the time. Which is horrible. So I'm hoping to show people that it's good to talk about stuff. It's good to it's good to acknowledge it. And be gracious and move forward. Look to Holding hands with yourself. <laughs> Being your own best friend. Being your own best friend. It's totally it. It's totally it. Now as you're evolving as a person, as a writer. Are your goals evolving, or are you still feeling very much on target to that that initial goal? I think um, I'm not feeling on target to my initial goal. No way. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is a thing. You know, some days I'm like, yes, this is amazing. This is what I'm meant to do. And other days I'm like, is this realistic still? Am I able to make this happen? How can I actually, how can it come through? Because, you know, a lot of presenting stuff is all about personality. So, as in, you're a known personality, and I'm not a known personality. So I'm like, how am I going to get a job in such a small country with hardly anything, you know, not, there's not like many productions happening. Um, so I go, oh, shit, I'm going to be done. I'm going to set myself up, because this is going to be really embarrassing. So, yeah, I mean, I often feel not on point. I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I don't know what I should be doing. I'm just kind of winging it and testing things and trying to be as adaptive as possible yeah, so no, I don't feel on point at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I've got dreams and I've got goals and, I, you know, I think 
the bigger goals have to happen once this goal is achieved. So although I have them in mind, I'm probably subconsciously still working towards them. Like this is my immediate goal that I know I have to take off. So what if somebody throws you a curveball and offers you acting work or something else that's not about your personality and it's about totally the other thing? It. I would totally do it. Because it's still a paycheck. It's still, well, yeah, it's not so much. I mean, I do like acting. I like, I like that stuff. And it's all, you know, you always learn something, no matter what you do. You've got to be open to those opportunities. And um, as you said before, you know, it's a gut feeling. If it feels right at the time and, you know, you're, you're free, you're, there's nothing else coming up, why not take it? You're going to learn something every time, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience. So why not? <laughs> like, I, I'm not, I'm totally not exclusive to, to whatever comes up. It's, um, yeah, it is all about being open because you never know who you could meet, what you might learn, what you could encounter, and what opportunities will come as a result of having done something. Nothing is ever a waste of time. And the cogs are always turning behind the scenes in ways that you're not even aware of. Because you exist in this bubble where you're doing what you do and you never know who might be watching you from above or who might be like, oh my gosh, she's great. You never know what's coming up for you. So you do have to be open and opportunities, oh my gosh, embrace them. Yes. So as you're embracing these new opportunities, you're meeting a ton of new people and expanding yeah. your network. Totally. Totally. Any regrets? No, no regrets. Absolutely none. I think that's another thing that I've learned is that the time is never right. The time is only now. There's never going to be, nothing's going to fall into place with me. And, you know, that's the whole journey thing. You are doing what you do right now. And before that, you're doing what you've done before that. There should never be time for regrets, no matter your age, no matter what you've done, no matter what, you know, mistakes you made. Because it's all been bringing you to this point. So you may as well embrace it from now on in. Because you will make more, more mistakes and you probably will have more, you know, what could be classed as regrets. But really, it's just a learning. I always think a mistake or a regret is just a lesson that you have to learn in life. Whether it's to not be a dick or to like, just something really, really small. Or how to handle yourself in the next time. How to negotiate things. It's never a mistake. You can never put a foot wrong. So now, are you taking some time to reflect on the things that you are stumbling at so that you can do them better tomorrow? Totally. Totally. And I think in some ways it's an unconscious process because, you know, you adapt and you learn and implement different processes and you're trying new things and all the time you're kind of culling things from your life that didn't work without even knowing it. You know, you're putting yourself out there in a different way. You're, you're making a phone call instead of sending an email. It's the littlest of things that can that can change your world. As you shifted into this different version, you have mentioned that you are your own best friend because oh nobody gosh. else is living this life right now. Yeah. Have you seen your personal network shift? Totally. Yeah, definitely. It's been a very interesting process. Um, as I said, I've been really humbled by the strangers that have gone touch and never even thought that people would care about this book. Like, I had no idea that it would resonate so strongly with people. So that's been a really humbling thing and it's opened my network so much more and made me appreciate the kindness of people. And it's come in forms that I never even knew were possible. Um, but also it's been interesting to see who kind of drops off the radar. I don't know, I have a lot of my who I who I would have considered close friends, I'm the young book, which is fine. I mean 
What's unconventional? It's unconventional. Some people get in touch and they're like, hey Lucy, love what you're doing. Hit me up when you're famous. Ha ha. And I'm like, I know that you're kind of serious about that, so you're getting the cross off, you know. So, no, it has been interesting. And it's also been wicked because I feel like people always knew that this is where I wanted to go and what I should be doing because this is this is me as a person. This is what I love. And so those people were there are like, yes, go, yes, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That's been awesome, but it's also been great, my relationship with my family and my parents, because I have this body of work that's actually explaining my situation and explaining where I'm at and what I'm doing, what I'm struggling with and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so it's kind of, you know, changed their expectation of what I should be doing. And that's, they're really, really, really supportive. They always have been, but now they're like, yes, they're kind of gunning for me in a way that well, you're probably exposing a lot more than you ever would have Absolutely. through this experience. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You never would oh have sat God. down on your mom's couch and had this conversation in the lounge and no. said, actually, I feel disingenuous doing what I'm doing. I'm going to say, screw the promotion, yeah. light the shit on fire, oh and start again. Yeah. That's not a conversation we sorry, have on mom, mom's Sorry, mom. I didn't even tell my mom for like three weeks that I designed. Because okay. I was nervous. I was like, oh my God, she's going to be so mad. <gasps> it's be like, what the hell are you doing? But, um, yeah, no, she was, she was good. <laughs> but they also can't read your mind. Exactly. Right? This is one of the things that we always think, oh, you know, all these people are going to judge me for my choices. They don't know all of the pieces, all the puzzle pieces that went in to make that choice. They don't realize there was a main boss or there was a pay issue or you hated every day and counted the minutes that you were putting in. They don't know any of those things because they're like, how's work? And you're like, oh, it's fine. You know, let's yeah. talk about the dog or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. It's, it's really easy in our regular lives to brush over the, the garbage. And, you know, I talk to you once a month or once a week or whatever. And I want to make that 15 minutes or hours valuable and fun and not talk about the fact that, you know, I've spent two days hiding under my pillow. Yeah. Eating chocolate and chips. Totally. You want to brush it over. You want, you do. It's, it's not... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say it's not normal, but it's just more acceptable to be a positive person, right? Like people want to resonate with that. But I've also learned that being negative is not a bad thing. It's not a drain. It's um, it's a reality, and it's only when you glance over it that you get stuck in that rut and you feel like you have to cover it up. Whereas if you talk about it, it's over. It's so much faster. You just you just get it all out. Well, and if you talk about it and you problem solve it. Exactly, right? Because I know a lot of people who, I, I have a couple of people in my network who are full of gloom all of the time. Oh. And they're somewhat like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, where you get that they're going to be sad all the time, but they're also not the person that I'm going to go to to share necessarily, because I, I don't want that sadness to affect me. Yeah. Somebody who's like, fuck, I hate this, and I'm solving this problem, and I'm trying to solve this problem, and I'm, I'm stumbling, and I yeah. don't know. That's a different type of That's so sound. True. I love. I want to help the person st- stumbling. I want to help them. I want to give them a shortcut. I want to give them a leg up. It's human instinct. But the person who wants to hang out in the gutter and feel sorry for themselves, I'm not very good at that. Yeah, right. It's like, I'm acknowledging this is shit. Help me out. What do I do? Oh my gosh. Get me out of here. Well, and sometimes it's okay to wallow. Have the day. Oh yeah. Right? Wallow. When you read the blog, you know that I've I've wallowed a bit. <laughs> Right. I was waiting, I was like, oh my goodness. You get up tomorrow and you start again. You do. You do. Absolutely do. It's another day. You never know what's coming at you from your ankle. It's all so exciting. 
It's also upsetting. I love checking my phone. I, love, I know that sounds funny, but like I just never know what, what kind of emails I'm going to get through, what kind of messages I'm going to get sent. Like every day I get sent something awesome. And it's great. Whether that's like a comment on my Instagram feed or like a message from a stranger or an email from my agent. Or, you know, there's so many ways in which life is exciting right now. And I know it. So these are your victories. These are my victories. Yeah. Yeah. I never know what, like every single day has been completely different. I haven't had the same day since I left my job. No way. Not even close. And not very many people in a traditional 9 to 5, Monday to Friday job can say that they have had difference so let's talk about creating opportunities yeah, because you are connecting with these random people you are taking the calls doing the meetings mm. the random interviews yeah so what's that giving you so much so like like it's just a, such a learning process you know it's it's just knowing what's going on and pitching yourself putting yourself forward as someone to keep in mind like you know You've got to put your shit out, out there, basically, is what I'm learning. In this day and age, like, you have to be in front of people. You have to get yourself in front of them. You have to put yourself out there. Show what you can do. You cannot just sit back and expect people to know about you. You know, that's not how the world works anymore. So, yeah, that's, that's what it's kind of teaching you. You're finding magical synergies that are clicking in. Totally magical. And the magical part as well is learning synergies that don't work. So, you know, you can't go into everything expecting it to be a beautiful, magical thing. You learn that people can't read your mind and they don't know what you expect in return from something you might do for them. So, it's, it's yeah, it's been such a learning. But, yeah, the networking thing has been wicked. And it is about being open to people and being interested in people and hearing about people's stories and who they encounter. And whenever I leave someone... They always say, oh, you should talk to this person. You know, they've done this amazing thing. And that opens up a whole other door. And you can check them out and see what they're up to and see how they got to be with them. So it's just, um, yeah. It's, it's okay. And one of the things that I always like to ask is, what are you reading, watching, and listening to? Oh, my goodness. Okay. What am I listening to? Okay, so this guy I interviewed for the Orphans and Limits Festival, um, Shaky Graves. I'm obsessed with him. And he's so cool. I got to interview him on the phone. So I got to have this conversation with him and hearing his story. He was one that actually said that it's been a long process. Like, it's been no time. And there's still not going to be a moment. And I was like, wow, you're so robust. Um, but, yeah, so I'm listening to him a lot because I wasn't hyper aware of him before. But now I'm like, yes. So Shaky Graves, check him out. He's amazing. Um, reading a book called Fiddler on the Subway, which is a collection of um, – Stories written by a journalist. Uh, I think it was published in the New York Times, but it's just an, an awesome picture of short, random stories about all these crazy different people. So, Fiddler on the Subway. Really, really, really good news. Um, watching. What am I watching right now? A series. Oh, um, is it Making It? How to Make It? Making It? Yeah, I'm watching that. I only watched one episode. I'm kind of intrigued. The internet has all sorts of opinions about this. I know. That's what actually got me interested in it. I was like, I want an opinion on this. Not that I'm going to, you know, just was interested. There is something sort of fascinating about our culture in that when something catches on, like serial or whatever, that you feel like you're missing out a little bit if you're not watching. Absolutely. It's kind of scary because, again, it's like a psychological thing, right? And even though I'm aware of that, 
I study psychology, but not that I'm a psychologist. But anyway, you know, you're kind of aware of the things that affect you as a human. And now I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was totally just because it was a fad that I'm watching this. Otherwise, I don't know if I'd be that interested. Oh, but I think that's how fads are made. I guess so. Right? Pop culture becomes popular culture. Absolutely. Because humans it's very share tough. Yes, yes. And now we can share things so easily. It's crazy. So that's what I'm really watching. So what's next for you? Vlogs on Muriel. That's awesome. Really excited about that. Um, and yeah, gonna start to get into speaking stuff because I've realized that the presenting stuff, it can only be hustled so much. It's kind of got to be, something's got to be happening if you to get a job, right? But with the speaking stuff, you can kind of just do that on your own and make your network. And that kind of stuff, I'm going to focus more on that, which will in turn, you know, help with the presenting stuff. Well, everything sort of feeds into itself. Totally, totally. And presenting, uh, sorry, speaking is great because you're, again, expanding your network, you're hustling for it, you're, you know, making connections and inspiring people. So it ticks all the boxes for me. So that's what I'll be focusing on. You are an absolute pleasure. I can't wait oh, to see success. Thank you so much, Erin. It's been great to thank you for being with me today. Of course, anytime. <laughs> I'll come back in a year. <laughs> All right, it's clear you survived. And once again, I do apologize. There are some points in that audio that get really terrible and really bad with background noise. But I did not want to try and recreate a conversation that was spontaneous and interesting and insightful. I wanted to give you access to the version of Lucy O'Connor as she is that day. And I think it was worth the trauma of some weird bits and pieces in the background. That being said, you should definitely follow her on social media. She's available at Monday Hustle all over the internet. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. You can find her on her website at mondayhustle.com. Don't forget she is available for presentation work and freelance. So by all means, hire her. She's fantastic. If you want to reach out to me, I'm Erin at criticallydrinking.com or you can find me on Instagram at criticallydrinking, on Twitter at Erin underscore Burl or message us through the website criticallydrinking.com. Don't forget we love feedback, share, tips, trips, whatever you've got. Look forward to talking to you soon. We're sorry, but the bar is now closed. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher to get updates and alerts for the newest pieces and come see us at criticallydrinking.com.